Blog Talk Radio. In a valley, on a mountain, I behold only God. In hardship, I see Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melt in her flame. Amidst the sparks of the flame, I behold only God. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. Thank you for joining us. Brian is on the other line. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, listeners. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent Him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because He who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever He wishes, knowing He goes there with us. We will be healed as we let him teach us to heal. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much, and thank you, listeners, for joining us today for this appointment with God that we all share. Uh, Today's topic is Faith, Hope, and Charity. That's the way to live successfully. Uh, for some of you, uh, you probably heard that song when you were a child, and it's it's a little bit of a children's um, song, sometimes it's sung in churches around the United States, um, but it's a statement in my mind about um, the idea that perhaps it's the part I didn't put up there, that the Lord is right beside you. He'll guide you all the way, and so... There's nothing in there that says you have to be good, you have to be perfect, <laughs> and, and you have to always make best, the best, right decisions all the time. Every time it has to be the right decision. Instead, the Lord is right beside you. And that's going to be our topic today as we talk about uh, recognizing that no matter what you may call God, Allah, Yahweh, the Great Spirit, the be-all and end-all, the Master of the Universe, the Divine One, or as I like to call God, love. He or she is right there beside you, waiting to be with you, however you perceive him or her. So that you don't have to make decisions alone. And I had certainly an awakening of that this week with a friend, and it comes once again back to breath. And that's going to be our topic today, but before we get there, let's just talk about what's happening in our lives. So, Brian, how are you, and tell us what's going on in your life. Oh, I'm well. I've still got things uh, moving you know, forward in a nice direction. I'm coming to a place now where the holidays always bring about a lull in my business because yeah. our, my business is focused around tourism. And tourism has a tendency to kind of slow down in the wintertime. So that's giving me more time to be able to be available for my radio show and for the other things that I do outside the radio show. 
that are kind of along those same lines and gives me a chance to kind of um, regenerate, if you will, and get maybe prepared for what I want to carry, the energies I want to carry with me into the new year as the holidays come around. And right around March is when things start to get busy again on the business front. So it gives me a couple months to get a, a little relaxation in there with the holidays and then resituated for the new year. And, and so do you have I any travel got, in mind? Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I don't have any travel per se. Um, usually on during Christmas, we drive up to see my brother up in Sacramento, up near you. Oh, um, yes. So I don't know if we'll be doing that again this year. If we do, I'll try to make it a point to come and see you. That would be wonderful. Yeah, that would be. That would be great. Yes, you've just been able to see that Brian and I live in California. I live in Northern California. He lives in Southern California, down uh, not too far away from where I grew up, and um, and lived uh, for a period of time in my adult life too. And uh, he lives in the Inland Empire, and I live in the Sacramento Valley. Uh, we've uh, so we have never literally seen each other face to face, and that would be very nice. I have a little bit of travel coming up this uh, holiday season. I am flying back to Chicago. My oldest daughter asked me to come join her family for Christmas, and that's that's a nice thing. I, I also uh, am you know finding that life is is good. Um, things are a little bit slower. Um, but not, you know, my business kind of has a steady stream. December traditionally in the law is usually slower just as, as it is in your business, Brian. But um, the part of the reason is that uh, companies, believe it or not, companies, uh, many of them work on a fiscal year that ends on December uh, 31st, and so they don't want to start new business Um they want to close things out. It's an interesting phenomena, including their attorney bills. They want to so start the new year believing they'll never need another attorney. It's kind of funny. It is kind of a sad time of year because traditionally it's the time of year where employers are having to make employment decisions for the, the next year and many times are deciding, can I keep all these employees? And, and that always has posed a difficult question for me because – uh, for the most part, people would love to say, and certainly my heart would love to say, oh, don't tell them until after the holidays. But and I can't really foster that kind of thinking. And so it is a sad time in that regard because if you say to someone, don't tell them you're going to let them go because of economic conditions until after the holidays, then they may well go out and put themselves in debt. Uh, that would make their life more difficult, and they may well use their vacation time. And in California, you can get paid for your vacation time. In many states, you can if you um, are let go. And so where they might have started the year with a nest egg and less debt, um, if you hold off on that fateful news, and so that's always a sad thing. I, I was at a seminar on Friday in Newport Beach, and one of the attorneys said, um, I, I've had to deal with too many firings in my life, and and I, I certainly think that's true for me too. Uh, that's not something employers like to do, believe it or not. Uh, you know, I know when you're on the other end, it may feel oh wow, but it isn't. It's not something that isn't done with a lot of thought, including thoughts 
just as I told you. So I tend to see those kinds of things at this time of year, too, which is a sad, sad part for such a joyous season. I I think that um, if I may suggest something that's kind of an economic thought that has nothing to do with me personally, but I think that we're reaching a time when we're going to have to reevaluate what we consider the regular work week and what we consider to be work and evaluate the basically the value that we place on work. When I um when I was very young and this as you can tell from this little hymn I it was a long time ago, um there people we we would learn that many of our names uh were reflective of the uh job that uh, our family, our family names were reflective of the job that our family who came to the United States did in the United States. So many people whose last names are Baker, guess, you know, doesn't take much. They were Bakers. And uh, and they, they go through a whole litany. And I, I my uh, real last name, it's been Americanized. It's Shreve now, but it was um, Shriver. And apparently... Um, that may be close to being a shoemaker, just like someone whose last name is Shoemaker. And so it was a real interesting thing to learn that, and so much value was placed in what people did for a living that that became their name. Then uh, now, and so we've we started a country grounded in the idea of what's called the Protestant work ethic, which is that people... Uh, you know, are going to be rewarded by God for working really hard at their jobs. And now we're we're really on the cusp, and, and I've talked about the idea that, in my mind, we're on the cusp of letting the time of Antichrist go, the anti-love time. And part of that love, in my thinking, needs to be to reevaluate what the value of work and and what we expect from work and should we divide jobs so lots of people have smaller jobs uh should we figure out a way to make sure that people can continue to live um or do we continue along the protestant work ethic line of thinking that those who don't have jobs have somehow done something heinous and therefore they they're it's it's right that they live in their car or uh in a tent um, I have some strong feelings that it's probably time that with love we start rethinking jobs and and rethinking how much time really needs to be vested in that. Or, and, and so when Brian talked about spending some time where he can really just focus on his spirit, I'm wondering maybe the time is coming where we need to allow everyone to have the luxury of having food and shelter and think about their spirit. So I'm just throwing that out there. I recognize it's not necessarily the topic, um, but feel comfortable to call in if you have some ideas, 646-595-3584. Brian, did you want to say something? Or Yeah, I think... Um... I think that's something that's going to take effect as we start to connect more and more with the spirit. It's kind of a um, um, a situation where as we start to look toward the spirit more, 
that we to pay more attention to it, and our lives then change around that focus. And so it becomes like a like a tailspin, if you will, or it's something where when we start to get the ball rolling in that area, things start moving in that area more and more with more and more momentum and more and more speed. And I think that a lot of times, or especially now, when we're going through this situation with the economy, and there are a lot of people out there who don't have jobs and can't even find jobs, yeah. that they're worried about getting another job. And I'm not saying that we should just sit there and go, oh, well. <laughs> but, uh, but we can also, at the same time, spend a few hours a day, of course, looking for another job. But then a lot of times we, unfortunately, sit there and worry about not having a job and what it is we're going to do to get by when we could very constructively be using that time to give our attention to the spirit, which would help us to have ideas and open our eyes to possibilities of things that we could do to bring in money. You know, it was a lot of the most famous people in the world, inventors, who in the process of coming up with an invention, would rack their brains for hours and hours and hours trying to figure out a way to solve the problem to make their contraption work. And they, more times than not, would find, as they talk, talked about their story, that when they laid it all aside and did something else altogether, that all of a sudden the idea or the solution to the problem came to mind and they saw it and were able to now do that and make their contraption work. And when we can put some space and just have some fun, just kick back and say, well, this is the space that I'm in right now. All too often, we're always looking to the future, and we're never looking in the moment that we're in. And so we're in a situation where we have some free time. Let's utilize it for the good of the situation. Because life is not meant to be work, 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 work 100% of the time, or even 80% of the time. All of life is about balance. And so when we take the opportunity to balance ourselves, when situations come into our experience, then we experience life more peacefully, and we actually experience life flowing more easily as we move from one thing to another, to another, to another, and so forth, as we move with the flow of the movement of our being. Yes, yes. And and you know what? It's no accident, my friends, just going with the balance idea. There's a couple of thoughts that I had as Brian was talking, but one of them dealing just with the balance idea. It's no accident that you uh, that the day is 24 hours long and you have eight hours of work, eight hours for sleep, and eight hours for play. And and we've kind of muddied that up by having these inordinate expectations for people about how much they're supposed to work. And I've been a part of that profession. So, you know, that, that process, I've been encouraged since I became a lawyer day one, you know, of how many hours I was expected to bill. And, you know, the magic billable hour, And if you have any integrity, you're going to work that many hours too. But let me tell you, for the most part, you work far more hours than you bill because uh, it, it's a, a consuming job, and maybe my job needs to be redefined. The other thing is that Brian, the point that Brian made that I think is so well taken is 
uh, we need to look at what's happening right now. For the very first time, our economy is rebounding, but jobs are not being created. And so that that's sending us a message, and, and it's forcing us. Sometimes as human beings we have to come to a place where we are forced to see and reevaluate, and that is forcing us to do that because people we know who are good people are without jobs, without without housing. It's scary. It, it truly is scary to have, have people that you know who, who don't have any place to live, and you, you can invite them to live with you, but most of the time there's something that interferes with that. I guess that's called pride. And uh, it, it's been an interesting uh, week for me because I um oh, my gosh, majesty. I mean, my gosh, what majesty. I have to tell you, folks, God just connects everything together. I have felt really safe this week. Really, really safe, and and things have been a little bit odd out of the ordinary, but I felt so safe. And um, last week, I I was a big blogger on the internet before I came to Blog Talk Radio, and uh, I, I can't, I don't really, I wish I had more time for the internet because I I think that it's a wonderful place to meet people and connect and and grow in spirit and and just grow in relationships but um last week i felt called to go back to zanga which is a site i started off blogging on blog on a blog it where you got paid for blogging and i made some money it's no one makes a lot of money but i did all right and then um i went Am I right? It's, it's very small, but, you know, it's like, once again, back in life, everyone compares what someone else is making. So if, if the highest person is making $15 and you're making $14.95, then you're doing all right. <coughs> Pardon me. Maybe we need to get us past those kinds of evaluations. But I, when I went to Zanga, I went to visit a friend's site, and I felt like such a poor friend. This is a person that I feel connected to spiritually through many lives, through all lives. And um, I I saw this. I'm reading and how her house is probably going to be foreclosed upon. Uh, The new business that a year ago she was so excited about is is they're struggling, but they're not making any money. the, she's got a job that she's making uh, $247 a week, and she's overjoyed at that because that's finally some cash into the house. And my, oh, oh my gosh. And I'm I'm not a rich person, but, you know, I knew right away that I wanted to do something to help. And, and that goes for all of us. What are we doing to help, you know? And, and uh, PayPal is wonderful. You can send people that you know their email addresses. You can send them some money. And you can do it more than once. You don't have to ju- do it just one time. But it was so amazing for me to find that this person who I had viewed as pretty well completely in control and blessed was now at this place 
was now at this place, and it made me know how safe I am. And and when you're, if you do go to send some money to a friend that you know is having financial problems, let God fill in the line. I was a little bit nervous, you know. Um, I I wrote down something, and it was like uh, I knew that wasn't the right amount, and so I wrote down four times that amount. And when I pressed send, it was like, I am safe, I'm okay, and look at what I have. And that's the thing, folks, is part of spending time with spirit is just as we're talking about here today, having faith in God that you're going to be safe, having faith in yourself that your instincts, your intuition is correct, and that you should follow it, and then knowing that you're not alone. You're not alone. And and that's the final thing that Brian brought to mind for me is if you can keep connected to the idea that you're not alone, then you're not going to want to spend a lot of time worrying because instead accepting and hoping, visualizing what you need for the future because you are a manifester. We all are. And so all of those worrisome things that you that we bring into our mind, excuse me, I'm going to get up and walk and get the shack, all of those worrisome things that we bring, we bring forth. I've now pulled every book just about off the bookcase. But we bring them forth, and, and I know that I've read this to you before, but I want you to hear this passage again from the shack, and it's found on... Um, page 141 I believe it's the right one let me and it goes um, well let me see what am I he says tell this is Jesus let's call it love okay love says tell me what you're afraid of Mac well let me see what am I afraid of began Mac well I'm afraid of looking like an idiot I'm afraid that you are making fun of me and that I will sink like a rock. He's been invited to walk on the water. Exactly, love interrupted. You imagine such a powerful ability, the imagination. That power alone makes you so like us. But without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. If I may prove my case, do you think humans were designed to live in the present or the past, or the future? Well, said Mac, hesitating, I think the most obvious answer is that we were designed to live in the present. Is that wrong? Love chuckled. Relax, Mac. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly right. You can have a conversation with God, my friends, by the way. But now, tell me, where do you spend most of your time in your mind, in your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future? Mac thought for a moment before answering, I suppose I would have to say that I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past, 
But most of the rest of the time, I am trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people. When I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, not the past. Although much can be remembered and learned by looking back. But only for a visit, not an extended say. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future. You visualize or imagine. Mac, do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures love there with you? I'm not going to read the rest of it, because I started at a different place today, but I am going to just reread that place, and then I'm going to turn this over to, to Brian You imagine such a powerful ability, the imagination. That power alone makes you so like us, like God. But without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. Without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. I think it's called worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just be real good today. The Lord is right beside you. He'll guide you all the way. We sang it as children. But we stopped believing it. Brian? I think that's that's a wonderful point to bring up, and thank you for reading that excerpt from the book. I think that we use our imagination, and really, I think we misunderstand the imagination in whole, what it is. When we have an intuitive hit, when we have a gut feeling or a realization of some kind, I would like to call that a real imagination, because an image or an understanding comes to our mind that we can now see and act upon appropriately. And all too often we think the imagination is to, basically the way we try to use our imagination, is to try to use past events in our experience, from the past that we've experienced, and reformulate or reconfigure them in a new way, in a way that we find desirable. Like for instance, so often I hear people, you know, imagine what it is you want in your experience like the perfect home and the perfect car and whatever. When we look at it, when we really break it down, if we were to imagine those things, we'd be coming up with those pictures in our minds based on comparison of what we've experienced before, which can take us into new places. Like a lot of times inventions are taking an item from here and an item from there and merging them together, like taking a simple screwdriver, taking a ratchet, and blending them into a ratcheted screwdriver. I mean, a lot of inventions are just kind of a blending of some old things into a new thing, which is good because we progress in that way. But then there are times when we just make leaps and bounds above and beyond what was experienced before. And those always come from just an intuitive hit that we can't imagine using the past. And to get into that space, we have to open ourselves up to that flow, that internal intelligence, that is within the universe, that is within our being, 
And so that imagination is actually a relinquishing of the mind from the past or into the future and being in a space of infinite possibility. And when we get into that space, any hit that we get or any idea that comes to us, any imagining that we have, to me, that's true imagination. And when we can learn to be in that space and live from that space, then we'll be making leaps and bounds above and beyond just simple progression from one, two, three, and four, and so forth. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many times uh, have have you as listeners thought, I should write about that? But then you discourage yourself or you dismiss the idea that you should write about it because somehow, you know, I'm not that great of a writer, I'm this, I'm that. And yet that's God talking to you. Maybe you should write about it. Maybe your experience will ignite just one person. I happened to look in our chat room today. I'm not good at chat and on-air stuff, and I please forgive me for that, but I will tell you it's just brimming. Brian, you need to go in there and talk uh, you know, a little bit because Brian can do both, and I, I'm just in awe of that. You know, I'm in awe of the number of people are there, but friends, when there's no one there, when there's no one who is listed as a caller, when it's just me and Brian, just Brian and I, that's enough. That's enough because God intuitively is going to share things with us that we need for our lives and that we can share with others. And so invention, that idea of invention, expand it in your mind. Maybe you're not a ratchet person. I know I'm not. Um, But I know they exist. Uh, I couldn't even imagine what one looked like if my life depended on it. But, But your invention can be a way of looking at things, of thinking about things. Right now my mind is trying to get around something I heard the other day in a seminar and I'm getting a lot of pressure to write about it, but I'm not quite sure how. Because once you get the idea, then you have to let it work through and you've got to spend some time on it and think, okay, how can I do this in a way that is loving? My friends, if everyone in the chat room today set out to write a loving blog about some topic that's dear to them, like the one about fear and the what-ifs, the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. You know, my gosh, then you would touch someone else, and you might touch even just one person to write something and begin kind of a tidal wave of change where we become more accepting of where people are and we stop judging them by how much money they have. A minute ago, Brian made the point that you could sit down and think about what you wanted in your life or what you would desire to have in your life, like a house and how you saw it. Everybody doesn't desire the same mansion. Everybody's house is different. If you would ask my mom to sit down and describe what she would want in life, she would want exactly what she has. She has a a mobile home that is a little bit decrepit anymore. We tried to renovate it, but there's only so far you can renovate a mobile home. When my mom got that home, she described it with such superlative words that I thought that I was going to see a mansion, and it is for my mom. 
that is her mansion. So everybody doesn't have to want the same things, but for heaven's sakes, we need to open ourselves up to the possibility that as manifestors, we can manifest a life of peace for ourselves. I was at dinner with uh, another attorney the other night, and I was listening to all of the stories and probably participating. I'm sure I was, but have you ever felt like you were a reluctant participator? Being a lawyer is a very egocentric game. In fact, you've heard me mention I'm a lawyer more times in this show than probably in all of the shows before, I think. Maybe because I've just been with a bunch of lawyers. But it's like we've got all these things that give us our stripes, and they're so ego-driven. And I, I just was taken back by all of that. I don't want to, to strike out in this moment based on what I did in 2001, or in one case, a story that occurred in 1996. Not my story, the story I was listening to, but it didn't matter. Uh, the point is, is, oh, Lord, 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 are we drawing our sense of value about successes that we had in the past and not striving for successes? Are we, are we judging ourselves? Are we going against ourselves? And in fact, you know, not having faith in who you are. I had pulled out originally the four agreements today rather than that passage from the shack. And I want to share those with you because they are so intent on being in the present. It may not be the present that you would have envisioned yesterday, but it is the present you are in. And more likely than not, it is the one you envisioned yesterday. My experience has shown that at some time, somewhere, I met, I began worrying about something, and pretty soon, it's knocking at my door. And the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Reese. I encourage you to read this book. It's uh, just a phenomenal little book. It's not real pricey either. Um, be impeccable with your word. We were talking about writing. Maybe that's what you're being called on. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. That's a whole program right there. Don't take anything personally. Oh, my gosh, folks. I was in a room of personal taking, and and it really threw me off my pins. That's what I'm supposed to write about, and I, I, I have a lot of thoughts still to go. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Oh, I I heard a room full of young women totally, totally 
convinced that things, that bad choices, that they were experiencing negative behavior because they were women. And yet, because I'm old and I've been a lawyer for a long time, I realized that if I had a room full of young men, they would be talking about the same experiences. It's not necessarily a nice business. So how do I write without looking like I'm not a woman and I'm not sympathetic to the struggles women have had in my profession? That's my challenge. And believe me, my guys are telling me I need to. And I don't know how. Don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With with just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. On the bus, back to the airport. This attorney, who's probably my age, made the comment, if they would ask, so much of this pain could have been avoided if a question had simply been asked, why are you asking me to read this letter? Is it because I'm black? Is it because I'm Indian? If somebody, I just asked somebody to read a letter the other day, and yes, it was because they were Indian. But it wasn't because I think less of Indians. And, you know, you can't, sometimes you can't hide your minority. It was because I wanted to be sure that I was sensitive to a culture that I am not a part of. But that person now, after being at this seminar, I realized that person could have thought that I was discriminating against them and only saw them as an Indian. Ask questions. Wow, my heart is breaking on this one. To think I maybe have caused anyone any pain is making my heart break. And I know I have. We all do. And I know I'm forgiven. And I know I have faith in myself that I'll grow. But I want to do something to help make a difference on this. Always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Unlike any circumstance, simply do your best. Under any circumstance, simply do your best, and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Oh, my goodness, friends, put aside that perfection standard. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do as well as you did yesterday. You just have to do your best today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just be real good today. Do your best. Just do your best today. The Lord is right beside you to guide you all the way. There are some tools out there to help us all help each other move to a more loving place. Brian? I love all the ideas that you're sharing here, and I think that if we just hold you in that one, The Four Agreements is a wonderful book to remind us of some of the things that we can work on in our lives to 
make our lives easier, but I think that 501 that you mentioned is just very, very simply something that we can all really just remember. And it's just to simply do our best in every moment. If we hold the intention of being as nice as we can in any given moment, because there's, like you said, there's, there's times or there's people in our situations where we might not like them very much or might feel sick or uncomfortable. But when we have the intention to do our best, we're going to act in a way that is more conducive to keeping loving and caring relationships in our lives than if we're acting a fool because of our situation that we're in. And when we can hold that one idea with us at all times to do our best in every moment, then all we can ever do is improve our overall experience moment by moment. Because when we're not acting our best, we stumble and fall, and that can burden us in the future with situations and events and people that are not in harmonious balance. But when we hold that one simple intention to do our best in every moment, then we find ourselves growing and expanding and evolving the next moment. And of course, like all the agreements, when we can stop taking things so personally, like you mentioned, that when someone has an opinion, they're sharing their opinion, which is based on their experiences in life and their likes and dislikes and so forth. And we don't have to take it as gospel, if you will, and say that this person has all the right answers and if we're not living up to their standards and there's something wrong with us, we can realize that it's just simply how they see things. And we can allow them to have their way of seeing things and not take it personally as if it is a direct relation or showing directly to us where our flaws are. But at the same time, when we can recognize that someone is sharing something with us that does ring true for us, then we can take it into account and realize that there are some areas that we can improve in. But even when recognizing that there's improvement that we can have in our experience, we don't have to take that personally either because we can realize that if there is room for improvement, if there's room for improvement in all of us, then that means that we can grow, that we can expand, and we can move forward. It also means that we haven't hit our full potential. And therefore, we don't have to take it personally as if there's something wrong with us that we can't move beyond this experience. And so there's so many wonderful ideas and concepts shared in that book and wonderful ideas and concepts that you've shared from your life and the experiences that you've had from that book. And I think just holding those four principles at all times is a really, really beneficial way to expand our experience into a one of doing better in every moment. Yes, thank you. You know, I agree, and I'm thinking the only thing I might change is I I would say, since we're doing our best, what is the person in front of us doing? That person is doing his or her best, too. You know, and that that's the, the thing is you can't get caught up in the idea, I'm doing my best, and not give the same benefit, the same recognition to the person in front of you who's acting, that they are doing their best, too. And... And suddenly, if everyone's doing their best, it kind of changes things, doesn't it? Takes away a little bit of the antagonism and the confrontation of it all. 
It really does. It really does. Well, well, yeah, it does. We are. I can't believe this, but uh, maybe I can. It, it's been a. It's it's been a magical uh, show today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put on um, Pool of the Soul Meditation Station. Actually, I may not because I would like to do Hello Light at the end. So I'm going to put Daniel Kobiaka's Pathless Journey on. That's 14 minutes. I guess it's one minute of not. And I'm going to just do a quick lead-in, if you don't mind, Brian, and then it is yours. And um, thank you for being that part of our show. So if everyone could just get themselves into a comfortable position, we're going to meditate or pray or or just have a moment of silence, whatever you like to call it. But when you're doing it, it's real important that you breathe. And what your goal is, is you're going to join your breath with God's breath. And you're going to move forward knowing you are not alone. But that you have God beside you. And so if you could just take a breath, a deep breath in, and I encourage you to take it from the soles of your feet. But I don't want you to focus just on your breath, on the breathing part of it. And so many times we do. Let's today focus on the freshness of it. Because you're going to feel that cool, fresh breath coming up the front of your calves, the front of your thighs. Now it's going to merge over and it's going to come up your divining rod antenna to God. You're going to pull it up your spine, chakra by chakra. Chakras are mentioned in the Bible, so it doesn't matter what your faith is, you can still have chakras. You can feel that cool energy. I'd like you to feel the coolness of your breath going up your spine, coming up and crossing your zone of trouble, your voice chakra, and moving up into the zone of manifestation. And now pulling it up and opening your head up and joining your breath so that it now not only is fresh, it is energized with God's energy, with love's energy. And blowing out so that you close down your lungs, you blow down. like an anvil pushing all the air out. And now we're going to bring a new fresh stream in. But don't worry about whether your breath is not long enough. Just keep taking little sips, expanding it and expanding your lungs, pulling the energy up, going past the zone of manifestation, And this time, when you come to the top of your head, open up. I want you to reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be. Now take a deep breath. Pull in some energy there. Take a deep sip. And feel the wonder of God encircling you. Now blow out. Pulling in one more breath, your final, your third breath. You're going to keep breathing, but your final breath with me. You're going to pull that energy up, that cool, feel your spine getting cool and feel the energy of God sparkling around you. You're holding God's hand in 
And this time, you're going to stay in the zone of manifestation. You'll reach out your second hand and take the hand of God as your listening neighbor sees God to be. And we'll have a full circle of human God, human God, circle of love. And in the center of that circle, there is a calm, calm peace. And now as you breathe with Brian and listen to his words, you're going to be breathing in that peace as though you were hooked on an oxygen tube. And it's peace that wells through you coming in, coming up, opening your crown chakra, blending it with the breath of God, and blowing out divinely inspired you. And as we feel this glow, as we continue to breathe, let us now bring our attention to the center of our being, to the heart. Let us feel the radiance of love, the warmth, Moving out in every direction. Moving up into our head. Moving down through our legs, into the feet. Emanating out the back and out the front of the chest. Surrounding us with a bubble of love. Expanding our energy and moving out our experience into a grander, more expansive, more free-flowing one. Feeling ourselves in this moment, opening up to the flow of energy. Feeling ourselves doing better in this moment. Realizing that in any moment we bring ourselves into a space of calmness, relaxation, and centered once again. We bring ourselves back into the moment. Back into the space where we can be responsive and receptive to the moment in a way that solves the problems we are experiencing rather than continuing to magnify them. We become a part of the solution rather than perpetuating the problem. This is a space that we can allow ourselves into whenever we choose, with our conscious awareness.
feet on the grass, moving you through you, opening up the energies within you. Feeling more relaxed, more at ease, more peace with each breath. Just being in this space now. Allowing yourself to soak in the energies. Allowing yourself to be at peace. And just remain in this space for the next few breaths. Experiencing yourself to a greater depth than you ever had before. Evolving in your energy as your energy expands with each full and complete breath. Feel the beauty and the serenity of the energy that is created from your breathing. to bring our attention back to the breath. Let us breathe in full and deeply into the nose and out of the mouth. And on our third exhalation, let us slowly begin to open our eyes, feeling all around us the energies from within and the energies all around. Recognizing that the space we're in now is one of complete calmness, complete peace. recognize this space as being our true self and that we can experience this space in any moment when we allow ourselves into the space to be experienced in any moment that we allow ourselves to experience this space. 
you go forward today and as you go through the week, when you wake up in the morning, say to yourself, I am safe. And when you go to sleep at night, thank love for keeping you safe. And I can promise you when you come to the place where you truly can believe in your heart of hearts that you are safe, nothing will really shake you from your peace. You may step a little bit off, but you'll come right back on the path because the peace comes from knowing no matter what, you are safe. Thank you, Brian, for that lovely, lovely meditation. Thank you very much. I'm going to find uh, Hello Light here. Here we go. Myself, Hello Light. And we're going to play that. And I want to thank you all for joining us. Week for You Are Okay. This seems like it's a little bit loud. I hope you can hear me all right. We are so honored to have you join us and share your energy with us. It's a strong, strong energy that can make a difference. Remember, each and every one of you are uniquely created and divinely inspired. You are enough just as you are, and we are honored that you have chosen to give us some part of your day. Peace be with you this week. Thank you, Maura. Thank you, listeners, for being here. It's always a pleasure for us to come here and serve in any way that we can. Be blessed as you go throughout your day. Look forward to seeing you next week. Be at peace. Namaste. Remember, you are safe. Say it and believe it. I am safe. And now let's all just feel the wonder of this beautiful music. Hello, light. Brian, very much. Have a lovely week. Thank you, Mara. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.